turn cracking and your money stacking, yeah. Quarterbacking, quarterbacking, leader of the squad, yeah. Team captain, yeah. Quarterbacking, quarterbacking, got a little change and you're driving around, yeah. Quarterbacking, quarterbacking, it sounds just some bangs and you're pushing them thighs, yeah. Quarterbacking. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 51 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, July tends to kind of be the dog days. Yes, I understand that the NFL, um, the NBA Finals isn't over. And I, I will say my piece on it when it is, but... I'm going to shift towards talking more about fantasy football since we are almost in August, like training camp is right around the corner, preseason is right around the corner, and I know y'all are prepared to win your fantasy leagues and win some money, and I want to help you do that, so I am going to, for the next month, two months, three months, however long, I'm going to try and get you prepared, well, obviously not three months, but the next month I'm going to try and get you try to help you get prepared for your drafts. So um, today's episode will be the quarterback position. The, the quarterback position, I will give you my tiers. Like, yes, these are subject to change because obviously it is July. Injuries happen. Things happen. You know, what, what, receivers emerge out of nowhere, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hard knocks happens. All kind of shit happens. Like, so these are for now if there are any major changes down the road of, of what i think i will i will reflect that in future podcast episodes um but i will give you my quarterback rankings i'll give you um a st- strategies that you could employ for each kind of league you know one quarterback league two quarterback leagues and such and and um yeah so we'll do that um before I start, before I get into the rankings, I am not ranking Deshaun Watson as of this moment because I do not expect him to play in 2021. If it becomes obvious that he will, I will revisit that down the road. But as of now, I'm not ranking him because I do not expect him to play. All right, so on to the rankings we go. So tier one, I have Patrick Mahomes. And mind you, these tiers are in order, so just... For the most part, I, I rank in tiers because I don't want to feel pressured or compelled to take X player over Y player. Like, it's kind of a grouping. Like, yes, you have players you might prefer in said tiers, but either way, these are in order. So I'll continue. Um, tier one is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Um, this tier was a little bit more difficult than I thought well the order was because I was tempted to rank Allen or Lamar number one because I feel like their ceilings are probably a little bit higher due to their rushing capabilities with that said Mahomes is clearly clearly the league's best passer he does have a little bit of rushing upside like he might get you you know 15 20 yards a game all of his pass catchers are returning, and they significantly boosted his offensive line. Look, if they pass the ball as much as they should pass it, Mahomes, I'm not going to say he's a safe bet to finish quarterback one, but he's one of the safer ones. So I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to mark him down as QB one. 
even if I think that other guys in this tier have the, the capability to pass him. Um, Lamar, f- first quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. Um, he's basically getting you six or seven points on average per game with his legs alone, and that's before you get to the passing. That's such a huge benefit in fantasy because rushing yards count for more than passing yards. I mean, um, rushing yards, you get, what, it's 10 yards per for a point and 20 passing yards for a point. So it's huge if you're getting 60, 70 yards a game on the ground from your quarterback, and that's what Lamar has done for two years. Um, Baltimore also um, added pass catchers around him. Like, they have improved offensively. I don't know how much, and Greg Roman is still there. So who the hell knows how much that actually matters. But between his legs and potential improvement, you have another guy who could finish QB1. He Hell, he finished QB1 two years ago when he won his MVP. So, there you go. Um, Josh Allen, who made me eat a lot of words last year with his performance, you know, good for him. Um, he took a major step forward, and he, and he finished quarterback one. Um, everything is basically returned for Buffalo. Like, they signed, was it Emmanuel Sanders that they signed? Yes, they signed Emmanuel Sanders. They're bringing back Diggs, obviously. They're bringing back um, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, that the line, the coaching staff. Everything is pretty much the same. Do I think last year was the norm for Josh Allen? Probably not. But if he takes another step forward, which is possible, then you know he might he might very well finish quarterback one, as I alluded to in the beginning of this segment when I said. I, I balked initially at ranking Mahomes number one because of the potential ceiling on Lamar, the potential ceiling on Josh Allen. So ultimately, I think he, I, I feel pretty good ranking him here at number three. Um, but him and him and Lamar are a legitimate toss up. Like they might as well, it, it might be a dead heat. Okay, um, Kyler Murray is fourth. Kyler gives me some pause. I almost put him in the next tier. He gives me some pause because I genuinely fear that 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 Cliff Kingsbury may be a fraud as a play caller. He may not be that good a play caller. Like I watched a lot of Arizona last year and the year before, and I just don't see it with Cliff. Like, I know he's handsome. I know blah blah blah. You know uh, he, he's he, he's um I forget what his nickname is amongst the football heads, but. <clears throat> I get that he's handsome and all, but the play calls look a little bland come Sundays. Now, <clears throat> with the way Kyler Murray runs and the kind of ability ability that the receivers have, it might not matter what kind of plays Cliff Kingsbury calls, especially if um, Kyler's going to score eight, nine touchdowns again. I mean, he scored 11 last year, and that feels unsustainable, but, um, yeah, he, he legitimately has a... F- you know, like a 4,200, 4,300-yard passing, 700 yards rushing kind of ceiling with a boatload of touchdowns. So as much as I'm a little bit skeptical to put him here, his ceiling, uh, nobody has a rushing ceiling quite like him outside of Lamar Jackson's. And that, and, and that is sneaky as far as quarterbacks, and I don't think that gets enough love and recognition as far as quarterbacks of fantasy, how they run. All right, so that's tier one. Tier two, I have Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Um, as far as Dak, uh, the, the the case is easy. He 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 has one of the most talented receiving cores of football. 
Um, his line is back and healthy. Uh, and, I mean, Dallas's defense, as much as they're probably not going to be worse, which, I mean, it's damn near impossible to be worse than the, than the 2020 Dallas Cowboys defense, I don't expect them to be good either. So those weapons plus shootout potential give Dak one of the better t- um, floor-ceiling combos in fantasy amongst any position, let alone quarterback. Um, Justin Herbert, he had the best rookie season of any quarterback of all time. Um, they returned all of the weapons that made that rookie season what it was, and they, they gave him offensive line help. Now, obviously you have to look you have to look out for potential sophomore regression, league adjustments, blah, 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 but his talent, the talent around him, I, I feel like that's a combination that uh, that speaks for itself. So I have him solidly ranked within Tier 2. Russell Wilson is the most boring of any of the options in Tier 1 or Tier 2, and I, and I don't necessarily say that in a bad way, even though it can be taken as such. Look, Regard, we, we could bitch and moan about how much they don't pass the ball, how much they run the ball, how, how, how much of a bozo P. Carroll is, how much of a bozo insert play caller here is. We could bitch and moan about all of that until we're blue in the face. We could bitch and moan about Russell, about, about Russell Wilson's code switching, um, his passive trade request this offseason, which all of a sudden didn't... He, 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 was, he was happy the whole time. But we, we could bitch about whatever the fuck we want about Russell Wilson. When it comes down to it, at the end of the season, he's going to finish top six in quarterback. He's done it for five of the last six years. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how he gets there. He does it. Do I think he has quarterback one upside in the right scenario? Yes. Do I think they're going to let him throw enough to get there? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. There's nothing about Pete Carroll's profile that makes me believe he's going to he's gonna let Russ throw the ball. Like, Pete Carroll wants to run the air out of the ball and try and win every game 21-17. That's what he wants to do. Now, Russ is good enough that he might force him out of that, but we'll see. Ultimately, I I, I rank him seventh. That might be that might prove to be low at the end of the day, but I think he he is where he is with good reason. Um, Brady, I, Brady, I, I, I struggled ranking Tom Brady. I kind of want to rank him higher because look, he has arguably the best set of weapons in football. Like, they have Evans, they have Godwin, they have Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is their third receiver, technically. Even though I think him and Godwin are kind of a 2A, 2B. I mean, I'm, hell, him, Godwin's, and Evans might be a 1A, 1B, 1C kind of deal. Like, it might, which is kind of why I don't want any of them in, 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 in fantasy outside of Brown, because he's the cheapest. But and then you have Gronkowski, you have OJ Howard too, who's not, who's not bad. He's not he's underwhelming given where he was drafted, but he's not bad. Um, I I kind of want to draft him higher because like if all of those dudes perform even near what they're capable of, like peak capabilities for them, then Tom Brady's gonna throw for a million yards. He's gonna throw for a million touchdowns, and they're gonna score a lot of points. Now the pitfalls and why he's here instead of higher is he's going to get you like two rushing yards. And I'm not joking. I think he had like five last year. He's going to run for like two yards. Um, he's 40 fucking four years old. Now, yeah, okay, father, him and father, father time seems to not be bother Tom Brady. That seems to be what it is. Okay, sure, I guess. But at some point, he's going to fall off, right? It might be this year. It might not be this year. But that has to be baked in a little bit. He's 44, and Tampa's defense is going to be stout again. 
So it's not like they're going to need him to throw the ball a bunch in, in a bunch of shootouts. The last eight games of last year, he threw 22 touchdowns compared to two picks. And I want to say he threw for like 2,300 yards or something like that. Look, he's going to be very good. I think he has top five upside, but I would not draft him as such. Obviously, you don't have to, number one. And and number two, his, his, um, his team context makes it hard to see an avenue for him to get to that, to, to that upside. All right, so tier three, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill. It feels really weird, and I know fantasy and reality are very different. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback that I've ever watched, and it feels weird ranking a guy who I'm about to tell you I am a little bit lower on than consensus because he might lose his job. (laughs) It feels very fucking weird ranking Rodgers behind Jalen Hurts for that reason, but I'm going to do it. Um, Jalen Hurts, I keep citing rushing potential. I've done it a bunch of times in this episode already, and it's a big fucking deal. Like, I I don't know what Jalen Hurts' rushing ceiling looks like, but if he gets you a 700-yard, 750-yard season, that's almost 50 yards a game. That's five points. That's a big fucking deal. Excuse me. That's a big fucking deal, and that's before you get to his passing. I think his ceiling is way higher than Tier 3. Well, well, way higher is probably a stretch. I think he has a tier one kind of finish within his range of outcomes. But I don't know how good he is from a real-life perspective. And I think there is a non-zero chance that he gets benched. So thus, I'm going to put him here instead of putting him in a higher tier. I'm going to rank him conservatively because I think there's a chance he might get benched. Um, As far as Rodgers... I mean, Rodgers has has spent the entire offseason being mad, getting on TV and trolling, and having Adam Schefter basically speak for him. And I don't feel like he's repeating last year's efficiency, which was otherworldly uh, in his MVP campaign. He's still Aaron fucking Rodgers, and that matters at the end of the day, but I don't f- see him making the top five again. So thus, I'm, I'm going to rank him in tier three as well. Um... Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is under-fucking-rated. In fantasy, he's underrated. I might be underrating him now, to be honest with you. I'll get into why. In fantasy, he's underrated. In reality, he's underrated. Because everybody acts like uh, Derrick Henry is the only reason he breathes and wakes up in the fucking morning. But I'm not going to get there. Uh, that could be an entire podcast episode in and of itself. But um, Ryan Tannehill has, has been quarterback three in fantasy since he took over in Tennessee. Uh, the reason I rank him, like, he has been absurdly efficient since he took over. Like, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Are, are the Titans, and granted, the Titans just traded for Julio Jones, so, like, I shouldn't be asking this question, but NFL teams are dumb, so I have to ask this question. Are they going to throw enough for him to to realize his potential ceiling? Because, like, Ryan Tannehill is not going to run a ton, but he's going to run enough where you notice it. Like, he'll get you 20 yards a game, which which is a nice boom. Are they going to throw the ball enough? Should they? Yes. No offense to Derrick Henry. I know he's great. But if you have A.J. Brown and you have Julio Jones on the outside, you should not be a run-first team. Period. You shouldn't be. I'm sorry. You should not be. But unless they're going to come out in nickel and dime coverages the whole game, which they're not. Derrick Henry's on your team. Unless they're going to do that, there's no reason for you to come out and be a fucking run-first team when you have those two dudes. So if they continue to be a run-first team, Ryan Tannehill's fantasy ceiling will continue to be relatively capped. And if they let him throw the ball a little bit, he's probably going to make my ranking look stupid. 
So we will see what Tennessee does with um with Ryan Tannehill and their offense this season, but I like him and I think that he of the tier three and beyond guys, like besides the rookies, I think he has the best chance of blowing up and making me look foolish. Alright, so tier four. Um Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow has all the weapons you can ask for. He has Jamar Chase, he has T. Higgins, he has Tyler Boyd, he has Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Um he has CJ Uzama, who 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 the Bengals offensive coordinator is talking up in, in July because July is the most optimistic time in the world for NFL teams, NFL coaches, NFL fans alike. Because now everybody's a training camp star, everybody's gonna do X, everybody's gonna do Y. CJ Uzama, like the the offensive coordinator is talking about he might get 55 catches or whatever the fuck he said. It's like, no, he's not, bro. No, he's not. I, I get that you gotta be optimistic and you gotta talk up your players and all this shit. And CJ fucking Uzama's not getting no 50, 55, 60 catches, bro. There's only one football to go around. Now, they, the Bengals did throw a bunch last year, and unless their defense wildly improved while I wasn't looking, they probably gonna throw the ball a bunch this year. Um, the thing with Burrow is like he gave, he was giving, he was giving us like 16, 17 rushing yards a game on the ground, and given that he tore up his entire knee, how does he play after that? Like that, that how does he pass after that? How does he run after that? Like, is he gonna take a minute to get? back to what he used to be like how does he trust the leg there's a lot going into it i rank him here because his weapons are what they are and his ceiling is what it is but his altering his his potential altering of a play style and cincinnati's ol present threats to his potential production um stafford is kind of a similar boat to brady obviously he's nowhere near as good so i'm not going to rank him where i rank tom brady but as far as surrounding talent, like the the offensive talent and the defensive talent, he is in a similar boat. Um, like, are they gonna let him throw enough to realize a potential, you know, forty eight hundred yards, thirty five to forty touchdowns kind of season? Are they gonna let him do that? If they do, a top five passing season isn't off the table for Matthew Stafford, even if he like many of the of the players before that I mentioned isn't giving you anything on the ground. We will see what, what Sean McVay and them do. I, I'm I am intrigued by, by um, Stafford in that offense and I am intrigued by Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and and their and the rest of their um, receivers. Uh, okay. Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence has Trevor Lawrence, according to a lot of people who know better than me, because I'm not going to pretend like I know college football like that, because I do not. So (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, according to those people, is one of the best quarterback prospects ever, basically, and probably the best since um, Andrew Luck. Look, uh, for fantasy, he fits the the bill to a T. He has a big arm, and he can run like the wind. He has a pretty underrated supporting cast in Jacksonville. Like, you know, DJ Chark is good. I think Chenault can be good. Marvin Jones is solid. They have a solid nucleus of pass catchers. Like Travis Etienne, even though I don't know why the fuck they took him in round one, he is there as well. Um, and Jacksonville's defense profiles to be pretty bad. And who the, and Urban Meyer, who the fuck knows with him. But um, 
he's a rookie, so expectations should be tempered, obviously. But assuming that Urban, uh, Urban isn't a complete fucking moron, which, um, maybe he is. Um, Lauren, I think Lawrence has a top ten finish in him potentially at quarter at the quarterback spot. <clears throat> um, tier five: uh, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. I may be being I may be too hard on Baker Mayfield with regards to his performance last season. He came in he came into a new offense without much time to learn it. And that new offense kind of acted as if he didn't have a lot of time to earn, to learn it because they took the ball out of his hands a lot. Now, is that an indictment on his ability or is that or is that a testament to okay, he he doesn't know the offense yet because we didn't have an we didn't have a real off season to to get get him through it, so we're going to minimize his impact until he does know the offense. We don't know that. With with that said, similar to Tampa and similar to the Rams, the surrounding context of that team is going to limit Baker Mayfield's ceiling in a way that in a way that makes him quite unappealing, honestly. Because his ceiling is already not that high, fantasy-wise. Because he's not going to run either, and they're not going to throw the ball a ton. Now, their defense might stifle people, and they're gonna, and as I said, they're going to run the air out of the ball. So that minimizes, that makes him unappealing. Like, he is a perfect quarterback two in super flex leagues, or a quarterback one if you just absolutely load it up on everything else. But... Yeah, ultimately, I, I I don't really love him, but at the same time, in the second half of the year, I, I believe he had like fifteen touchdowns to one to two picks, something like so, something like so. So I mean, maybe I'm underrating him. That's possible. Um, Justin Fields, man, who the fuck knows when the Bears are actually gonna play Justin Fields? The Bears, as much as they got it right trading up to get him, the Bears are a clown show. Basically, they are. We can admit it. They did the right thing in this case. Who knows what they're gonna do with this kid's career? Who knows what they're gonna what they're gonna do with this kid's rookie year? Is he gonna play? When is he gonna play? I mean, no, no, no. He's gonna play. When is he gonna play? They're doing the whole Andy Dalton is a starter routine. That fucking nonsense. Whatever. Either way, Justin Fields has top ten kind of potential if he plays immediately and and realizes his dual threat potential. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is another boring option. Look, he preside, he provides nothing on the ground, and his outlook took a hit the minute they traded Julio. Two quarterback leagues. I mean, pretty much everybody from this from this tier on are backups slash QB twos in superflex and two quarterback leagues. So take that for whatever is worth. Um, but yeah, Matt Ryan not not very interested he's painfully boring there's no there's no real upside there unless atlanta unless he wants to turn back into mvp matt ryan and atlanta's defense stinks and then who knows and that's asking for a lot kirk cousins similar to matt ryan is a boring low-end quarterback one option he can be relied on to finish anywhere between like 10 and 13 like you know what you're going to get out of kirk cousins which there's a value to it but he ain't he ain't somebody you're drafting looking for a ceiling. Um, Carson Wentz, his ranking is the biggest guessing game at quarterback of anyone who who is not a rookie. 
Like he's in a new city, new surroundings, a familiar face at coach, yes. But coming off a year where he was benched, humiliated, and embarrassed in, fr- in front of company. Look, your guess is as good as mine. I, I plan on taking him into two quarterback super flex leagues that I two quarterback and or super flex leagues that I participate in. But I don't feel great about him. I don't feel bad about him either. I don't know how to feel about Carson Wentz. Like I know he's in a good spot. Like um, the Colts' offensive line is good. The Colts' defense um, projects to be pretty good, and their wide receivers are, are good. So, but who knows where he is? Like. Is that decline from last year real? Is he good? Is he bad? I don't fucking know. All right. So tier six. Um, these are the last of the semi-desirables. Um, and you, you'll see why I say semi as I keep going in this list. Um, Tua, 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 Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Zach Wilson, uh, whoever starts in New Orleans, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill Daniel Jones Ben Roethlisberger Derek Carr and Jared Goff Miami has done a good job putting talent around Tua I don't really know what to make of him as a prospect given his athletic profile but he should improve you would think in year two and again the, the weapons around him are good and the offensive line is ascending so I think there, I, I think there's there's potential buy there, there's potential buy buying um room for um, profit there when you buy Tua. Um, Trey Lance is only here because we don't know when he's going to start, and when he does, who knows how often he's going to have the ball in his hands in positions to do something. He has tier two upside if he starts from week one on, in my opinion. Um, like the rushing upside is what it is, and obviously the, and obviously, like he has all the weapons you can need in San Francisco and one of the league's best play callers. So... Yeah, um, we will see when they start him, if they start him at all early. I hope they do. Um, Daniel Jones gives Daniel Jones gives some rushing upside. I'm not convinced he's actually any good, though. And the Giants' offensive line inspires no confidence. And, the, and Jason Garrett's calling the plays. I have zero desire to draft Daniel Jones in any fucking format. I, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. And I live in New York, so I'm going to see the games, too. By default, no thanks. Whether I'm at a bar, at home, wherever, I'm a city games by default, no thanks. Um, ben Roethlisberger, I see the two quarterback appeal. If you think last year wasn't the real him and he just looked cooked for no real reason or for a reason that we don't know, maybe there's appeal because they do have a good offer. They do have a good. Wide receiver core, and they they should probably throw the ball a bunch, um, but I have no real desire. I have no real desire to draft Ben. Like he he is in case of emergency, in two quarterback formats, for me. Um, Derek Carr, why why draft Derek Carr? Why? I mean everything that you say, everything that I said that applies to Daniel Jones basically applies to Derek Carr except. He's not fast. So I have even less reason to draft him. Derek Carr has never finished past quarter. He's never finished better than quarterback 10 in his career. I'm good. Why? Why Why would I draft him? Jared Goff. um, Why would you? Why? Why? Like, Jared Goff is not good, number one. 
Jared Goff wasn't even good in L.A. with everything in his favor, from coaching staff to weapons to offensive line, you name it. Jared Goff wasn't good. Jared Goff was so shit that they traded him and and multiple high picks to get off his contract and get Matthew Stafford in there. That's how not good Jared Goff was. So now he's in fucking Detroit with a coach who sounds like he used to eat glue in elementary school, and I'm supposed to believe that he's going to be better. Now, garbage time stats count. So, like, maybe he puts together a decent fantasy season if he puts together a whole bunch of garbage time performances, but I'm not really trying to bid on it. And if you do draft Jared Goff, I understand. Two quarterback leagues. Again, if you load up and Jared Goff just happens to be the last of the Mohicans and you want to, and you want to throw him in the super flex or you want to throw him in the second quarterback spot, I understand it. But I'm going to plead with you. If you draft Jared Goff, don't fucking watch him play. Don't. He's one of those. It, it's... It's kind of like Allen Robinson for very different reasons. Like, you don't want to watch Allen Robinson because of the quarterback play. Like, draft Allen Robinson. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Not saying not to. But if you do, don't don't watch don't watch the games. Because they're going to be mad as hell when Allen Robinson uh, misses out on a 45-yard touchdown because Mitch Trubisky or whoever the fuck else overthrows him by 30 yards. You're going to be mad as hell. And you're going to be mad as hell when Jared Goff is... Missing TJ Hawkinson wide open down the seam. Just don't watch the Detroit Lions. I don't on Thanksgiving too. Don't take your nap during the game. Like I don't know about y'all. Thanksgiving, I'm a I'm of Jamaican descent. My family cooks early, so I eat early. So I have taken a nap during most of the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving games in my life, whether it's the first quarter, second quarter, second half, whatever. I suggest you don't watch them. Okay, that was way too long spent talking about Jared Goff. Okay, so that's Tier 6. Tier 7 is basically the undesirables. Cam Newton, Drew Locke, Mac Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor. Look, Cam... Cam doesn't seem like he's long for the job. I don't think what he did last year is reflective of him. I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of what he is as a quarterback because he was really, really bad. I know his accuracy has never been otherworldly. I think it's always been better than people give it credit for, even if he does, uh, he even if he does short hop the occasional five yard out. Like I, I don't think he gets enough credit for the amazing throws he he made in the inter inter in the intermediate areas or deep areas, but. His time looks like it's up in New England. They just drafted a quarterback in round one. So do with that information whatever you will. I will not be drafting Cam. Drew Locke is just bad. He he's he is Blake Bortles who has an affinity for, for rap music. That's it. That's all Drew Locke is. The Denver has an incredible receiving core. Why they didn't draft a quarterback, I'll never fucking know. Maybe they thought they had a deal on the, on the table for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. But they drafted a corner over or over either Field or even Mac Jones. I'm not even a Mac Jones guy like that. Either one of them would have been better off than than a corner when you have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater battling it out, quote unquote battling. Um, Mac Jones, I think I spoke enough on his, on his situation already. He was drafted by the Patriots. We'll see when he starts. Teddy Bridgewater, do you really want to do that? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. It, 
and Derek Carr are basically the same. Like, Derek Carr is probably better from a real-life... No, not probably. Derek Carr is definitely better from a real-life perspective, but fantasy-wise, they are equally as boring. And Tyrod Taylor, why? Why, 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 why would you draft Tyrod Taylor in any context? Why? Like, unless you are just down catastrophically bad, why would you draft Tyrod Taylor? Why? Okay, so those are the tiers. Those are my rankings. Um, I will I will leave you with some of my favorite ADP values and a little bit of strategy before I get out of here. Um, as far as the ADP values, I like Jalen Hurts in round nine. That's where he's currently going, according to FantasyFootballCalculator.com's ADP. I like him there. I love Ryan Tannehill in round nine. Um, Trey Lance in round 13 is appealing if you're willing to wait. Um, Tua in round 14 is appealing if you're willing if you if you're willing to have some patience. Um, Taysom Hill in round 16 is appealing if he if he plays. Also, Winston Winston in round 14 if he plays is appealing. I think I I like Taysom Hill's upside a little bit more because of the ground um, the ground aspect of his game. Um, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson in round five, I think, might be my favorite one, though. Lamar and, and Dak, because I feel like they both have quarterback one kind of upside, and you don't have to pay an exorbitant price to get them. Even though, to be fair, Josh Allen in round four is not as is not that bad. Like, I don't really want to pay it, but it's not that bad. And Kyler Murray at the end of round four is also not that bad. So, to be fair, but... Um, those are my favorite values as far as quarterback strategies this year. I used to be that you could just draft whatever quarterback late and get away with it, guy. And I think there's still a little bit of a, an element of that this year, but I don't have the desire to walk in with like Carson Wentz as my only quarterback. Now, in one quarterback leagues, I tend to draft one quarterback and not have any on the bench. I, I don't I don't see the upside to having a quarterback on the bench unless I draft a quarterback that I'm just not sure about whether it's I'm not sure he's going to start whether it's I'm not sure about him as a whole but I try not to do that even if it means drafting a boring option I would rather draft a boring option and have one quarterback as opposed to having two quarterbacks um, simply because I just don't like uh, using up two spots on a quarterback I just don't so I don't but um, this year, I feel like that Lamar, Dak, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson area of things is kind of where I want to live. Because in, in round five and round six, there there are no like knockdown, like wow values at the other positions. So I feel like I'm going to be living in that area, that round five, round six area with those particular quarterbacks. Um I don't think quarterback is not terribly deep. I think there are maybe like 14 guys I feel comfortable starting on, on week one, assuming assuming that um, guys like Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance are on the bench. There are about 14 guys I feel comfortable starting in week one. But it's not... It, it, I, there are not that many that I feel great about, like wonderfully about. So ultimately, man, look, I would suggest the middle rounds as far as quarterbacks or obviously like if you're in a league 
where people are like me and they're not they're not going out of their way to draft quarterbacks early and you could get a Patrick Mahomes in round three, I would suggest that too. I, I'm taking quarterback more seriously than I, I than I have in the past. I'll say that for myself. And last year the the um the late quarterback the late round quarterback um game that I that I usually play did not go as well because well I was very overweight on Cam Newton because I assumed he was gonna blow up and boy that went south so um yeah I'm taking it way more seriously as far as two quarterback leagues I feel like you need to leave rounds um the first two rounds with a quarterback or you're gonna be down catastrophically bad before you look before you look around so um yeah um that will do it for me um i would also implore you to listen to the middle initial podcast with Drew jackson andrew case and myself i am back on the show on the show that started with me (laughs) but i'm back you can listen to us um rate review and subscribe and you could also listen to the no the podcast no one asked for with jordan paul and kylie and Kyle, wow, Kylie, wow, what the fuck was that? <laughs> With Jordan, Paulie, and Kyle as they speak about current pop culture topics. And th- those two podcasts, as well as my podcast, are part of the Ascension Podcast Network. Thank you for listening, and I will see you when I see you. There was a story in free agency. One of the teams, they were interested, and all of a sudden, they weren't interested at the very end. I was sitting there thinking... You're sticking with that motherfucker? <laughs> Are you serious? Tom probably had no desire to go to that team, but now it's like, why don't you want me? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. When sure. I look back, I'm like, I just don't fucking way I would have went to that team. <laughs> but they said they didn't want me, and so I know what that means. I know what that feels like, and I'm going to fuck you up because of that.